everyone. Today we're going to look at Job 38. So who is Job? In Job 1.1, it says he is blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. There's this conversation in heaven where Satan questions God and says, the only reason Job is like this is because of all the blessings that you put into his life, family and possessions. That's the only reason Job's following you. God then allows Satan to test Job's righteousness by allowing Satan to take away all those good things. And so how will Job respond? The next 35 chapters talk about his response, his despair, the way that he laments for his suffering and curses his own birth. His three friends are convinced that Job must have done something wrong or sinned, and so that's why God has brought the suffering into his life. And so he's left alone, suffering, but feeling accused, wondering, God, where are you? And yet we also see him in his struggle being able to say in Job 19, 25 to 26, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Job is hanging on and enduring, perhaps in a similar situation as we saw in Psalm 40 in yesterday's passage. And then God finally answers Job in chapter 38. Out of a whirlwind, it says, and here we catch a glimpse of a portrait of God. And what does God say? When God finally speaks, he doesn't patronize Job by saying, good job, you've endured through it all and passed the test. And it's kind of surprising what he says. In fact, God doesn't give an answer for a long time. He allows his three friends who have spoken at length and haven't really provided a sufficient answer to him. And so what is Job 38 saying? It opens by saying, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? And then God proceeds to ask a series of questions that remind us of his majesty and scale by considering the creation of the universe and our world. It speaks to the sovereignty of God and reminds us that in reality, God doesn't owe us anything. He acts independently. And so God comes And he kind of doesn't really sound that empathetic here, even though Job has gone through so much suffering. And instead, what does God do? He corrects Job's thinking. Verse 1, Who is this that darkens counsel with words without knowledge? God isn't mincing words here, and he gives a direct assessment of Job. Job is this person who darkens counsel by words without knowledge. Job, you're ignorant of what's been hidden from you. You can't presume upon God. Later in Job 4.2, God also says to Job, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. He's calling Job a fault finder. How is Job doing this? How might Job be the one who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? I mean, Job, he endured through a lot. And I can imagine that there might be, though, this sense of self-righteousness that comes along with it. God, I didn't do anything wrong. And through this suffering, how come you didn't do anything? And falling into this state of getting stuck in this questioning, God, how come you didn't? How come you didn't? And then feeling okay about that. And then feeling okay about being in that position. God, I've done what I can. I couldn't have done more. What we see here is that God doesn't let us get away with those kind of sentiments. The most readers would think that Job is actually justified. But God is God. He is true to himself and who he is. He doesn't even let that shadow of Job's fault finding remain in his relationship with him. God clears things up here. Job, you do not have full knowledge. You do not even know how creation has come about. And so let's consider creation. And God asks these series of questions throughout this whole chapter. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. This highlights God's majesty and yet also reminds us that we do not really know the wisdom and power of God, let alone the spiritual battle that is raging on all around. Job, you are not permitted to say, I have endured and have remained righteous. So God is laying it out here through these questions that highlight the magnitude of the physical scale the time scale that is much more expansive than just one man's life. 
Verse 8 through 11, who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far you shall come and no farther and here shall your proud waves be stayed. And that revelation of who God is, this portrait of this aspect of God, his sheer power, it causes Job to come to his senses. Yes, God is true and great is the Lord. What was I thinking? Job is rebuked by this awareness or reminder of his ignorance. He is humbled. I am but a man. I speak words without knowledge. Who am I? I'm not in a position to obligate God to do anything. My understanding of reality is limited, and I can't simply limit it to just the realm of my own personal experience. And who am I to say to you, God, that you ought to have done this or that? So even when we're going through tough times, there has to be this kind of humility and to hold this portrait of God in mind. I'm not permitted to simply assume that I'm the one in the right I'm in the position of one who can demand things from God, who has been wronged by God even. Given that, what is reassuring is that we see that God is someone who's very much concerned about Job, his decisions and what is in his heart and his understanding of God. What might God be trying to do here then? It's to reveal to Job that there is this reality of God that he missed, that he didn't know or consider. And God is not threatened by Job's questions, his moods, or that he feels perplexed. And so we see that God really wants to relate with us and peel away all these layers and misconceptions or incomplete understandings of who God is. And so I think Job 38, we see these aspects of God. Out of the whirlwind, God speaks. And what does he say? It's a correction. What are you talking about, Job? Consider me. And he begins by considering the creation of the universe, its grandness and scale. Secondly, even though God is intensely concerned about Job, God does things according to his own timetable, and he's not apologetic about that. We know that through it all, God paid attention to all the conversations that Job had with his three friends, their rebuke, Job's responses, and God has been listening through it all. God is here kind of like this stern father who is correcting his sons and their incorrect assumptions about him, and he humbles them. Job deepens in his understanding of himself, his understanding of God, and his trust and relationship with God, I think, also strengthens. Thank you.